Welcome back to Quantum Conversations. My name is Sarah, and I'm so excited to bring you another episode with my co-host, Carrie Bennett. We are really enjoying giving you this show and talking about these topics that seem really complex so that we can help them be a little bit more understandable to the everyday person. I just wanted to remind you to head down into the show notes to make sure you get my free resources and Carrie's free resources. We've both spent a lot of time compiling our favorite list of products, as well as how you can actually implement a lot of these things into your daily life for free using our guides. We also both have amazing courses that you have access to in the show notes as well. And we co-host a course together called Quantum Fertility. We've actually had some quantum fertility babies just born this summer, and we have several quantum fertility pregnancies going on right now where women were told that they were not going to get pregnant and we have been able to show them the way using these circadian principles and quantum biology and we're so grateful for this so make sure you head down to the show notes check out those resources check out those courses and if you are enjoying the show if you're watching on youtube make sure to subscribe to our channel hit the like button leave us a comment and if you're listening on the podcast app please head on over to apple or spotify leave us up to a five-star review. Since we are such a brand new show, we want to make sure that we're getting this message out to as many people as possible. Again, we want to make these concepts of quantum biology and circadian biology understandable and applicable to the everyday person. We want you to pull up a chair, come hang out and enjoy this conversation with me and Carrie and have a fantastic day. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Quantum Conversations. Today, we are going to answer frequently asked questions about non-native EMF and just go over some important bullet points, right, Carrie? Yeah, absolutely. This one, I think is a tough one to wrap our brains around at first. I know mm -hmm. it was the hardest one for me to implement. I, I easily implemented the light and the grounding and the walks in nature, but non-native EMFs was a tough one for me. Yeah. I think because people are just like, I can't see it. I can't even necessarily feel it. So why the heck do I care? You know, and, and I was talking with Dr. Laura Conover this morning for my podcast, all about grounding. And we were really just talking about how the body works. And she's a, she was a traditional doctor and MD, you know, who's now turned her whole life's work into educating people about grounding. And we were, I was like, what's the fundamental thing that people don't understand about how the body works and why we need to pay attention to things like non-native EMF. And she's like, the body runs on a DC electric current, you know, and we're taught this as doctors, we're taught this in medical school. And when we're exposing our bodies to these frequencies, right. And things that are in the AC electric current, like it can really cause a lot of issues with um, cellular hydration in the body the ability of our body to heal and repair and degeneration and tumors and just like all these things. And she's like, and most people don't feel it. She's like, I think it's actually a gift if you're electrosensitive and you can feel it because it's going to force you to get out of that environment. She's like, but someone who's electrosensitive, and I, I'm curious to hear what you think about this. Someone who's electrosensitive doesn't necessarily have any worse, uh, kind of implications going on in their body than somebody who's not, they just can't feel it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing as like, what's the difference between someone who has a tumor and doesn't like uh, there's people who have cancer and their blood work is perfectly normal. They feel perfectly fine. There's people who have leaky gut, but it doesn't necessarily manifest itself as gut symptoms. Maybe it's a headache here and there, you know, there's so, so just because someone doesn't feel something doesn't mean that it's not affecting them. I've seen that time and time again. And I love the analogy or what her, what she says about people who are electrosensitive because their body is actually tuning into the fact that there's something harmful or that's not supportive in their environment. And it's just their job then to seek it out and figure out what it is and to mitigate it or minimize it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just something that I think, again, people are like, I can't see it. It's everyone has a cell phone. Everybody has Wi-Fi. There's no way to get away from it. So I'm just going to ignore this little thing and go on in my merry way, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head, and, and so did Dr. Conover about. I don't want to. I don't want to. I think let this escape people because this really is where it comes into play, at least partially, where the body runs on a DC electric current which means that as electricity flows in our body, DC stands for direct current. So it means as electricity flows in our body, it flows, right? It's not flowing in these waves. It's a, it's a direct flow to where the electricity is needed. And the way that electricity flows through our wires these days is in an alternating current, meaning there's more of a much bigger variation in terms of how the electricity kind of pulses throughout our wires. And everything is in resonance, right? Resonance meaning like it's why I could walk into a room and kind of get a hint right away if I'm going to get along with these people and we're going to have a nice time together versus like, oh, this might be an awkward or not great experience because we all have this sense of resonance. And that goes not just for interactions with people, but it goes for our body's ability to perceive the safety in its environment. And so the way that the wiring is resonating is goes very much against the way our body was designed to resonate or to operate on. And so that in and of itself creates what we would call chaos or uh, just, you know, ultimately can lead to some damage specifically maybe to the mitochondria, other parts of the cell, the exclusions on water. And so that's one non-native EMF. That's an issue that we don't even know about that we're not aware of because no one's ever taught us this. And then you've got the, the, um, the waves of energy. You've got the waves of energy that come from sunlight, which is an electromagnetic field that we've been tuned to. We're in resonance with it because living creatures have been in resonance with light for for since the dawn of creation, right? And so it's a resonance that is an electromagnetic field that is supportive. Our body views it as coherent and energy building and supportive to us. Whereas the other electromagnetic fields such as wireless radiation or X-rays, right? There's a reason why you wear that lead shield with an X-ray. All of those are um, what we we would consider non-native frequencies that when we put them on our body, especially to the extent that they're surrounding us these days and they actually don't just surround us, they penetrate right through us. Um, that is that can cause a ton of chaos and confusion in the body, which will ultimately can disrupt cell metabolism and lead to just a lot of downstream effects, even if we don't feel it right away. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just an under looked at thing when it comes to you and I talk about it in our fertility course. And we have like a whole entire week devoted to it in a six week course, because I think it is that important for fertility. And I mean, again, people 
There are tons of lawsuits. I've talked with August at Tech Wellness, who's that's another great resource for this topic of mitigating non-native EMF. Um, you know, she has shown me multiple, multiple lawsuits of people who have been able to sue due to uh, cell phone radiation. There's just there's a ton of lawsuits and things that are out there, just like but we don't see it. And a lot of it gets wiped off the internet because there's a lot of money at stake because everyone's got a cell phone. Everyone's got Wi-Fi. Everybody is near 5g these days. And so, you know, I think that when people are like, show me the proof, I'm like, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there, but it's hard. It's getting harder and harder to actually show people. It is. The couple of really good resources, though, are cellphonetaskforce.org. Mm. They have co- collated so many research articles on non-native EMFs that, frankly, research on non-native EMFs have been going on since the radio was first introduced. It was it was military research mostly, but since the radio waves were introduced in the early 1900s, right? And so um, we've been wanting to understand what effects these things have, if any. And so the research has been ongoing since then. And now I, I would say in the 70s or so, there was actually a really big uptick in the, the thought of these high voltage power lines. That was a mm-hmm. main source of radiation back then, that these high voltage power lines had the potential to cause health issues and really change our DC electric current, Dr. Robert O'Becker, or Mm -hmm. um, change change our cell resonance and our mitochondria, their ability to make energy for us. Uh, And I mean, that was when Alan Frey published his, I still picture his image in my brain where it showed that the blood brain barrier opens in response to radiation. We've known that since like the fifties that the blood brain barrier opens when we apply radio frequency radiation. What are we doing with AirPods in our brain Mm -hmm. then? There's a barrier for a reason, right? There's a barrier for a reason. So this stuff isn't new, but like you said, it has been suppressed. Why? The same reason smoking was suppressed for a very long time, asbestos. You can kind of, you can kind of, you can kind of see the playbook actually. Mm -hmm. And what Sarah said is true. There's a lot of money at stake here. And if we could all of this, and, and and frankly, the amount of harmful effects that we could tie to this in terms of health effects to human, humanity, um, it could bankrupt an industry. It absolutely mm-hmm. could. So in 1996, for those of you who want to check this, uh, Bill Clinton signed into effect the Telecommunications Act, which at that time, that was before wireless was even a thing, right? I, right. I our, fam, our family maybe had a cell phone in 1996, but we were still doing the dial-up internet, right? Mm-hmm. Like the we had the you know? one in the car that had the cord you had in the station one. wagon. I thought those were so cool. I thought those were so cool. One of my friends had that. I was like, this is so awesome. Um, and so the station wagon, which you faced backwards in, like, yes. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, like in 1996, it was signed into law that the telecommunications industry could not be sued for health effects harmful health effects due to their technology, which gave basically a blanket rollout over the next three decades, which are in right now, to really just increase this technology mm-hmm. with the thought that we're, we want to give, we want to have people to have access to free internet. Everyone deserves access to this technology. And I love this technology because it lets us do these things, but there's ways to do this technology that involve things like wired 
mm-hmm. connections. And there's ways to even use wireless radiation in a way that's safe and smart that doesn't necessarily have to blanket the globe with 5G and small cells of, of radio frequency radiation on every block. And so I think we're, we've gone way past mm-hmm. that. It's not necessary and it's not, it's not great for human health or the health of the planet either. No. Can I put this out there? Is this going to yeah. get us into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This might get us, this might get this. But I'm just going to ask some questions here. When, when you put food in the microwave, what causes the microwave to heat up the food? What's happening? Well, a microwave is basically radio frequency or wireless radiation, right? Wireless radiation. And it's in a controlled enclosure, kind of, that, um, that vibrates the water molecules. It's the water inside of the food that is a receiver of the radiation and the water molecules vibrate very violently and they heat up. And the heating up of the water molecules is what ultimately heats the food. And that is what heats up your food in the microwave. We're on planet earth and planet earth has a surface and it has an ionosphere and radio frequency radiation, almost all of it gets trapped between those two layers. And it bounces back and forth. So every new cell phone tower, every new cell phone that someone buys and turns on, every new smart meter, you name it, right? We're just contributing to the uh, amount of radiation in between in this in this space mm. right here. So picture that as almost like a microwave on a grander scale that we're yeah. just adding more energy to. What's what's absorbing that energy? Well, the water inside of our bodies is absorbing those chaotic frequencies. It's vibrating in a chaotic way. That's why it destroys exclusions on water. And what about the water on planet Earth? Mm-hmm. What about the that are our oceans getting warmer? Perhaps it's possible. There are some people who are suggesting it's happening, right? And the reason being, though, is that the fact that it's the carbon. People are talking about carbon. And I just want to extend a different viewpoint. Could it be the potential that we're in a radiation box and that the water is the receiver of that information and that just like a microwave vibrates the water until it heats up and heats the food, perhaps we're experiencing something similar right now. I mean, it makes sense. And, you know, just on a a micro level, I live on a kind of a busy street. I've kind of had suspicions about this house being a little more high in non-native EMF. And I'm having somebody here in next month to take a look and help me mitigate the things that I haven't been able to. But a neighbor that's, you know, a little bit down the street, because I walk around the neighborhood a lot, I noticed that they're literally putting sod in their front yard again for the second time in the last, I don't know, we haven't even been here a year. And this is the second time they're resodding their yard. And I'm like, does this have anything to do with the non-native EMF in this area? I was telling my husband and he's kind of looking at me like I'm a little bit crazy. I'm like, there's a reason why that grass all died within like six months. And I don't know. I'm just guessing, but I have a feeling it has to do with the non-native EMF. I mean, it's, that's the thing that we try to do. We try to observe things and ask questions. And yeah. I think that's a good observation and an excellent question. So right. no one's going to study that, right? No one's no. going to say, oh, what do we need to vibrate grass at for it to die? And how often do we have to, you know, replace it, you know, based on its radiation exposure. Um, but I think it's just kind of foolish at this point for people to say there's no effect to this at all. Right. And the argument typically is, is that, oh, well, the, the energy in it is too low. 
it's such low energy. How could it possibly affect any anything? It's not possible. And, and, and that's just actually such a myopic, mm-hmm. reductionist, and incorrect way to view it. It's just, it's just I, I don't know. I feel bad saying it, but it's kind of silly these days for people to say, oh, just because the energy is so low means it's not going to affect us at all. Yeah, because you can't see it. It's there, but you literally can't see it. I mean, that book, The Invisible Rainbow, is one that I always have people go check out if they want to understand the power coming off of these devices and and actually what it's capable of. Um, Because again, we're you have to question things. Like it's (laughs) it's so hard once you go down the rabbit hole of questioning things to not (laughs) not question everything. <laughs> I finally got my husband on board and he'll like text me something. He's like too much. I'm like, no, probably legit. Like we, we just question things. And so why would we be told that this is safe and it's fine? You always have to question like, where's this coming from? Who's telling you that who's saying it's okay. Like what motivations do they have? Who are, you know, like there's Great questions. Who's funding the research? Exactly. Who's funding the research? Like who's funding the funding of the researchers? Sometimes you got to go a couple layers deep. It's, you know, it's, um, these are, they're just good questions. They're just great questions. And it's great. I think to bring awareness to this, because I think the assumption is, is that all the safety studies have been done. And obviously we wouldn't be exposed to it if there was any harm that was found. And that's just not the case. case. It's not the case. The majority of things are rolled out before safety studies are done or done to a good extent or completion. And it's assume okay, assume healthy, assume fine. And then we'll just deal with the consequences later because sometimes we want to maximize profit over the potential to, you know, harm humans. Exactly. Um, it, it is, it is what it is. This was, it was a, this was a tough one for me to come to like, you know, in general, just kind of in life in the, in the course of the past five, seven years, as I've looked at things from a different perspective, it's just like, Oh, huh. Well, yeah. Okay. That's just not exactly as I thought it was, was it, you know, and this is just another one of those ones that I kind of had to, to swallow and recognize. And, and it was, it was once I read, like you said, the invisible rainbow, once I stood understood that even if it's low energy, doesn't mean it's not affecting us at the cellular level, it's flooding the cells with calcium, which creates massive amounts of inflammation and mitochondrial dysfunction and, and so many things. I, I, I had to kind of just keep rereading and, and looking at the studies and looking at the studies to finally be like, yeah, this is something I've, I'm not, I, I stopped wearing my data tracker, you know, yeah. this, not an aura ring is an airplane mode. I know right? airplane mode. Airplane I'm, airplane I'm, mode. <laughs> I have to say that, right. I always have to say that, Yep. but you know, I didn't, I no wireless headphones. No, right. I used to have a wireless computer station. Okay. No. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it took me a while to mitigate, but I think I'm really happy that I did. Cause I know I made the right decision. I feel yeah. so much better. And, um, just, just knowing what the research says, it's even if I don't feel it to the extent of my electrosensitive clients, it matters to be aware of this. It definitely does. Yeah. So now that we've kind of laid this good foundation, what are some simple things that people can start doing to mitigate this? Because like I said, it's everywhere, you know, it's in your neighborhood. If you live in a city, I mean, it's kind of hard to escape for most people. Yeah, we're not going to escape it. At least mm-hmm. I don't think in, in my lifetime, we're going to actually see substantial change in that. Yeah. But step one is to actually drop the fear um, and to know that there are things you can do in your personal environment that matter, that make a difference. And so I don't think about it. Anymore. I used to be like, another 
freaking antenna, right? Another cell tower. I, like I, that used to be really drawn to my awareness. It's not anymore. And I'm grateful for it because um, fear of it makes, fear of anything makes it a thousand times worse in mm-hmm. terms of its ability to impair your health and your mitochondria and your nervous system and so many other things. So drop the fear and get empowered here. What we have to do is we have to recognize that what you put on your body matters the most because the uh, ability of this radiation to harm us depends on our proximity to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the wire, the Apple watches, the wireless trackers, the, um, AirPods or the other Bluetooth technologies, anything that we put on our body that's wireless emits this type of radiation that we're talking about. And you want to get an alternative. It's why we hard, we hard, we have our dorky hardwired, you know, headsets, right? <laughs> um, it's why we yeah. have hardwired microphones, hardwired, you know, and so what you can do to put what you put on your body should not ever emit wireless radiation, if yeah. at all possible. E- yeah. Easy thing, right? That's an easy thing. And if it does emit wireless radiation at all, it has to be able to go on airplane, airplane mode, which mode. the aura ring does. I only take this off maybe once every couple of days and I sync it with its base station to charge it and sync up the data. Um, but it's not, that's nothing like having a continuous radiation being tried to ping to your cell phone in the back. Mm -hmm. So number two, cell phone off the body. Yes. Right. I've gotten my husband to do that. I'm really happy about it. Um, because he was complaining about like right hip pain, right hip pain. I'm like, can you please take the cell phone out and see if that changes things? So, you know, he's a believer now. Um, and so, yeah, so get the cell phone away from your person and ideally you have it at least an arm's length away from you, right? It's never just really close to you. If you are using it and you have to, uh, like, if you, if you are using it and you can put it on airplane mode, put it on airplane mode, download your podcast, download your videos and listen to them while they're on airplane mode. And Apple iPhones are sneaky mm-hmm. or Apple products because they don't shut down all of the, mm-hmm. the radiation when you put it on airplane mode. So uh, I don't use Apple, but uh, some of my members found an app. I think it's called one tap zap that you can yeah. download and it shuts down the whole entire wireless radiation coming from your, your Apple iPhone. Oh, nice. So one tap zap. Yeah. And so you just got to put things on airplane mode. Um, after you are aware of like your proximity and with these devices uh, that keeping them away, then I say your sleep space and your workstation yes. are next. Yes. So what have you done to your workstation, Sarah? So hardwiring, we did have somebody come out to actually run cable and put in ports in different rooms so that I can actually wire up my phone, wire up my computer. Um, in weird places like my patio, there's an ethernet port, but it's like, I know the next person that buys this house is gonna be like, why is there an ethernet port on this patio? But I the best place to use it is outside. <laughs> I work a lot out there and I want to lay down sometimes and like check my phone. And so I'm going to have it hardwired in. So we, we have done that. Um, we did shielding paint in the kids' rooms to kind of block out non-native EMF that's coming off the street and 5G and all that stuff. Um, I try to keep no nothing plugged in in the bedrooms when people are sleeping. I think that's a big thing. Like I go in our room, we have air doctors all over the house. And so I unplug those before bed. Um, I just try to keep any of that stuff away from the bed. Um, and we're ha- like I said, we're having somebody out next month to see what else I'm missing because I know I'm missing some things. And so sometimes it can be really helpful if you have a suspicion that there's more non-native EMF to have someone come take a look. Um, and then turning off your Wi-Fi at night, that's 
I have a lot of husbands that really argue over that one with their wives, like so many, um, but you can use your, your aura ring. I can, my, or my, um, HRV is always better when there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah. My HRV is the worst. If I'm sleeping in a hotel, like I, I think my HRV was like a 13, um, the last time I slept in a hotel and I felt it, I was just like, I can't sleep here. Like it just, there were, I tried to cover up all the little lights in the room, but there were still some of them. And I just, yeah, I couldn't sleep. I was probably stressed out too, but yeah. 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 I mean, that it, yeah, it is what it is. And thankfully that's just an occasional thing, right? It doesn't, it's not your HRV all the time, but right. it's a very interesting data point to look at because yep. it indicates that your body is stressed out for some reason. And non-native EMFs are very much an invisible source of stress that mm-hmm. people don't realize. I have talked, people have talked about mitigating non-native EMFs and having changes in anxiety, like their anxiety lessons yes. or their stress tolerance goes up, like things that used to affect them or throw them off completely no longer do, or it could be the limiting factor factor on someone's like, you know, long-term mold illness or Lyme journey, yes. where it's like their body is finally needs, has the capacity to recover. Cause that's hidden stressor that that silent stressor is no longer there. And our, I was reading that non-native EMF can actually make your body a lot more susceptible to Lyme and to viruses and all of mold, these things. Yeah. yeah. And everyone is freaking out about mold these days, which we've talked about. And you should definitely not live in a house that has mold in it. Get the heck out. Um, don't live in a moldy environment that's toxic. However, if you're living in a high non-native EMF environment, it's going to really make your body a lot more susceptible to it. Right. Absolutely. Mold actually, um, I think Dr. Klinghart showed, I forget if it was mm-hmm. five times or actually 50 times that mold grew more. I, I think it was even oh. closer to 50 times worse in a non high non-native EMF environment. Oh. He showed his Petri dishes and the mycotoxins and how one was grown in just a natural uh, environment versus in a high non-native EMF environment, the mold just flourished, right? Flourished. And so that's not just mold in our environment. That would be mold and mycotoxins inside of us as well. Wow. So really behoved Moves us to pay attention to these things. And I loved your recommendation about unplugging things. Yes. Such a low hanging fruit. You know, I used to be the person with the blender, the juicer, the coffee maker, yep. the toaster, the everything was plugged in all the yep. time. And now it's like, how simple unplug, 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 and just plug it in when you need it. And frankly, my counter looks better because I got rid of a heck of a lot of those things as well that I, I don't think I really need. Um, but then being very aware of just unplugging everything, especially in the sleep space makes a huge, huge difference. It's uh, These are like little 2% that really, really add up over time to just allowing the body to, to recognize that its environment is no longer stressful. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not like you have to do what I'm doing, like with the building biologist, unless you really want to geek out and, you know, dive deeper into things. I have two kids that are sensitive to this sort of thing. And so I do have some concerns and I'm like, all right, let's, I've been here a year. I've tried to do everything I could. Let's take it to this next level and have somebody here. But I think if you turn off your Wi-Fi at night, if you unplug things in the bedroom, if you don't keep AirPods in your ears, I used to do that. Like before I met you and Corey, I would keep, cause it was convenient. Like I'd keep an AirPod in just one. I wouldn't do both, but I just have one and I would listen to podcasts and YouTubes. And I mean, it just kind of kept me regulated and calm to kind of have something when my house was a little chaotic and I had stuff to do. It was like, oh, this is like, really nice to just kind of escape the mundane. But then I kind of started understanding what it was doing to my body and it could be, you know, impacting my fertility and my health overall. And like, Oh, I got to take these off. And so, 
Now I'm the annoying person who has the phone on speakerphone playing a podcast or YouTube yes. or whatever. I'm just yeah. like, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you all get to learn too. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I love it. I love it. And then I, I can't emphasize the change that it does make to hardwire your yes. workstation. Yes. Because the, the tri-field meter go, went from off the charts in all of its readings, basically, when I had all wireless stuff to simply hardwired link. And listen, my workstation is not as fancy, right? Like we ran this through the floor, through the, you know, the ceiling tiles, basically, right? And here it is. It's out that quarter ceiling tile. And now it's, so it doesn't have to be perfect to yeah. work. Yeah. Um, just do it, right? Just yeah. get an Ethernet. I have a desktop that just lets me plug it in to, and you can just plug it into your router. Okay. It just, it works well. And it just makes, it makes me feel good sitting here for, you know, hours on end throughout the day, mm-hmm. knowing that I am in a place that's a very low non-ADD EMF environment. Yeah, exactly. And you're on the ground floor and, you know, it's, it's not as bad as if you were in an office surrounded by people with the wireless headsets, with computer. And this is, Dr. Laura was telling me this morning that in Europe and some other countries, they're actually recognizing electro hypersensitivity as an actual medical condition. And you can, um, request work accommodations. You can request all these sorts of things. If you do have a work environment like that, but she was saying in the US now she's even seen people get a letter from their doctor to make their office, make their job, make these changes uh, so yes. they can hardwire their desk and they don't have to use the wireless headphones for the phone and all those sorts of things. So I think, you know, people are starting to become a little more receptive to this type of information. Yeah, no, I, that's that's promising. I, I I saw that the fact that the UK or all of Europe actually showed that there are they're recognizing electro hypersensitivity, so that's just promising. I have had a couple of clients um, who, who have gone through that process as well of really having to get doctor's notes and stuff to try to just say, oh, I only can I only be in the office two days a week and do the rest yeah. remote because you know of how how much I am affected when I'm in the office. It's really hindering my healing, my ability, right. ability of my body to heal. we're getting there and the awareness is spreading. I think it's, it's just, just letting people know that this is actually a thing (laughs) and it's something that we can do something about and pay attention to and help support our bodies um, through it. And this might be something like you, maybe you found as well with, with your uh, fertility journey, that this might have, might be the thing that really just tips the scale and allows your body to finally get into it's the state that it needs to be to be in its most thriving version of itself. Yeah, I, that's, I totally think it was, I mean, there's so many things, but just understanding how the body works on this fundamental level. Like we talked about in the beginning, it runs on a DC electric current. And so doing all the things to support that and bringing more of that current into the body, instead of what these technology things, what they do is they deplete us of that current and they deplete that communication in the body. And so when you think about it on those terms, you're like, wait a second, you know, wait, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can I do to counteract this? And so that kind of became like my a little game that I would play of how long can I go do some grounding, get some sunlight on my skin? Like, and I do, I do it during the day. Like before we were talking, I was just yeah. literally laying flat on the ground in my driveway. I like took a picture. I'm like, this is what I'm doing right now. Text me when you're ready. It. I, it. <laughs> I was about to be like, okay, give me 10 minutes. I'm going to go do that same thing. Same but thing. I know we're on a time crunch, right? Yeah. 
Um, no, it is. It really becomes a different way of viewing how we can support our health. And I liken it to like, you know, we place such an emphasis, I think a lot of people on nutrition, mm-hmm. that what we're talking about with our frequency environment and its effect on our health is similar to you being forced to eat McDonald's every day mm-hmm. of your life and think that you can thrive, right? We right. recognize that that's junk, that's garbage. It's not helpful for human health. I think people need to start recognizing that the same thing happens when we're in this really thick soup of non-native EMFs well. Agree hundred percent. Yeah. So what kind of take-home things can people take from this? Turn off your Wi-Fi at night. <laughs> they have a little flip switch that you can get from tech wellness yeah. um, that just, you press a button and then everything goes out for the night, or you can put it on a timer, unplug stuff in your bedroom and get rid of the freaking Apple watch, please. And the mm-hmm. AirPods. Don't yeah. And those. just learn how to download things and listen to them on airplane mode, do things on airplane mode as best as possible. And also just minimize your time that you're using wireless stuff to begin with. Cause there's a, there's a whole nother dopamine response that we can, we can oh, support yeah. as well. with. <laughs> yeah. People will message me and they're like, is it okay if I am scrolling in bed, but I'm wearing blue blockers and my screen is on red and I'm like, not ideal. Still not <laughs> ideal because right. <laughs> number one, you're really messing with your, your brain chemistry and dopamine and all those things are staying super active. So it's going to be harder for you to get into deep sleep, um, which you need in that first part of the night. That's when we go into it. And then you're getting a ton of radiation also, and you're destroying that coherence within the body, which who knows how that's going to disrupt autophagy and apoptosis and all the things that we talk about for cellular healing that we're supposed to get, you know, when we sleep, when we we are fast and all that. right. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, but like Sarah and I are by no means perfect and we started small. So just do what you can, but do yeah. something, right. Do something as best as you can, even if it means right now, putting your phone on airplane mode, right. Just do yeah. the best you can and just be, be aware now and just move forward here. Just doing little things. Agree. hundred percent. Awesome. Well, another fun quantum conversation. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Sarah.